Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome into episode 17 of Kayfabe Council, the show where we review and critique news topics and segments of the world of professional wrestling. My name is Pretty Tony, and alongside me, as always, is TF Joker. Joker, what's the crack, brother? What's going on? You know, PT, it's been hot minutes since we spoke because, you know, we don't actually speak between episodes. It's all just completely random. But yeah, it's, uh, it's been a weird couple of weeks of wrestling. It's been a weird couple of weeks leading up to what is going to be one of the busier weeks for myself. It's just things, just, just September, September time. Weather's changing. We're going from summer to fall. Wrestling is changing. Lives are changing. Kids are going back to school. Things are starting to pick up. It's getting busier on all things considered. It's been, uh, it's been a little crazy. I picked a heck of a week to pick my life up and move from basically one coast of the United States to another. And uh, not that we can predict the future, but hot dang, did we have an interesting week this week previous. Yeah, at least you said it. Um, yeah. There, there's, nothing really, there's nothing really other than, yeah, stuff happened. Dreams were crushed. Um, you know, lives were upturned. Children and people just weeping in the streets. Uh, you know, one or more of these things may not have happened, but... Uh, yeah. The last time we talked was before the, the weekend of pay-per-views. That is correct. Yeah. The previous episode, episode 16, was, yes, the predictions just before the big, big weekend. I had a lot of fun watching Clash of the Castle, not gonna lie. Uh, it was honestly one of my... Yeah, I, I'd, I'd put it on one of my favorite pay-per-views, premium live events, if you want to call it that, um, for the last couple of years. Like, it, the crowd was electric, you know, the... The, the matches were great. Um, and I, I feel like after that, everything kind of went into bizarro world. And that's where we've stayed for maybe two weeks now. Yeah, it's been, last to say the least, quite interesting at the very moment. So we'll be, we'll be mentioning a little bit of what's going on this past week that happened in relation to our big huge topic overall so we'll touch on that i know some folks reached out and like man i kind of want to hear what you guys think about what happened so we will uh we will touch on that and share our thoughts for sure and before we jump into the show proper i want to appreciate folks being a little patient like i said uh a quick sort of behind the scenes piece i did move from one coast of the United States, essentially to the other. So it was about 2,400 miles, roughly 3,800 kilometers. So uh, quite a long drive, quite a long move. Uh, just got myself kind of sorted. Will continue to get myself situated and sorted. So thank you for being patient that we didn't explicitly have an episode out last week. But yeah, we're going to be plan is to continue with the pace that we've been going roughly episode once a week throwing some shorts there so appreciate everybody watching us and doing all those things and thank you for your patience definitely just uh happy that you're now situated 
and uh, that we can get back to the regularly scheduled programming. But uh, no, no, thank you to 2,400 mile trip. No, no, it's like a couple of laps around uh, a, a lap. Excuse me, a couple of laps around Ireland here, PT. Like you're trying to do to me. The country's too big. Yeah, thirty, roughly thirty-eight hundred kilometers. That's a, it's, it's, yeah, it's a long drive. I'll say that. Mm. But thank you guys again. So appreciate it. All right. As a reminder, you can find us in video form, youtubecom slash Council, and in audio form wherever you get your podcast from. On this week's episode, we look at John Moxley and Brian Danielson are in the finals of the Tournament of Champions to crown the now vacant AEW World Heavyweight Championship at the upcoming Grand Slam. So coming up, the aforementioned John Moxley and Brian Danielson winning their respective brackets, as you will say, and are now set up for the tournament finals to compete at Grand Slam at the Arthur Ashe Stadium in Queens, New York next week. Now, you're probably wondering to yourself, why, oh why, are we having a tournament of champions of sorts? And now have John and Brian face off against one another. Well, you know, before we look forward, we might have to look to the past and kind of figure out how did we get here now before we can better ourselves we have to look to what happened before so we don't repeat the sins of the past so how did we get here well things sort of kicked off on the post-show media scrum for AEW all out during this media scrum we had cm punk sitting on the podium we did have other folks speak during the media scrum, but Mr. Charles Montgomery Punk was the highlight and kicked us all off to this. So the media scrum, scrum excuse me, started with a question from Nick Houseman of Wrestling Inc., who had a previous working relationship with Cole Cabana. Punk even told Houseman during the scrum that he, quote, blew my spot, which suggested the two-time AEW world champion's tirade was planned. According to Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Punk told someone two weeks ago that he returned from injury that his all-out press conference would, quote, would be interesting. So, for a bit of context, I have uh, the transcript here, so that as a refresher for myself and Joker and for the folks listening, I'll just read Punk's comments here at the media scrum. All right. And I quote, it's two, <laughs> 2022, and I haven't been friends with this guy since at least two, 2014, late 2013. This is referencing Cole Cabana. And the fact that I have to sit up here because we have irresponsible people who call themselves EVPs and couldn't effing manage a target, and they spread lies and bull, put into a media that I got somebody fired when I have F all to do with him, want nothing to do with him, do not care where he works, where he doesn't work, where he eats, where he sleeps, and in fact, that I have to go up here and do this in 2022 is effing embarrassing. What did I ever do in this world to deserve an empty-headed 
effing dumb F like hangman Adam Page to go out on national television and effing go into business for himself. What did I ever do? Didn't do a GD thing. It's not Tony Khan's position to make it very effing clear. There's people who call themselves EVPs that should have effing known better. I'm trying to run an effing business, and when somebody who hasn't done a damn thing in this business jeopardizes the first million dollar house that his, excuse me, that this company has ever drawn off of my back and goes on national television and does that, it's a disgrace to this industry and it's a disgrace to this company. We're far beyond apologies. I gave him a effing chance and he did and it did not get handled. And you saw what I had to do, which is very regrettable, lowering myself to his effing level, but that's where we're at right now. And I will still walk up and down this hallway and say, quote, if you have an effing problem with me, take it up with me. Let's effing go. So those were Punk's statements in regards to Cole Cabana, the earlier section. He mentioned the EVPs, which of course is Nick and Matt Jackson, as well as Kenny Omega. And he mentioned Hangman Adam Page. So, Joker, this was the piece that sort of kind of kicked off this series of events, which now we'll get into that, which ended up having now a tournament, which set up now John and Brian for having that. But let's, let's kick it off with your thoughts or your impressions or your reactions, however you'd like to delineate it on the piece that kind of kicked this whole thing off, the comments from CM Punk at the Media Scrum. Yeah, so <clears throat> I have a big box because there's an awful lot to unpack here. This seems like Punk had some stuff to say. I wanted to get off his chest um, because as much as his um as much as as much as his words are kind of out here to say i don't care about this guy he, he he's he's talking an awful lot about it and he's addressing it now i am a grown adult and if i don't like something then i don't talk about it i don't give it the time of day i don't look at it and if somebody wants to ask me my opinion on it, I'm like, I really don't care. Because I'm a grown adult, and I can say that. Punk, in my opinion, is acting like a goddamn child. Like, if you, like, this, this man, this, this man is a big draw for this company. His opinion, his rhetoric, his vitriol, all matters to someone. And he is out here claiming he doesn't care about Colt Cabana. Okay, cool, bro. Stop talking about it. Stop giving it the time of day. Oh, wait, but somebody asked me about it. Well, then don't give them the satisfaction of going, he lives with his mother and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, uh, you know, next question, because I really don't care. Like, he doesn't matter to me. So, what's next? Oh, you want to talk about Hangman Adam Page? Cool, then let's talk about... Like, that's the way you conduct yourself as a grown adult who doesn't want to talk about things because they don't matter to you. Clearly, 
cult still matters to Charles Montgomery Punk. If you wanna, if you, if you wanna disagree, you can disagree, but that's me as a person able to control what I talk about, who I talk about, and what matters to me. He clearly can't. And then he goes on to talk about the EVPs not being able to manage target. Like, they created this company to give you a job, punk. Next point. Hangman Adam Page. Like, okay, bro, you are the only one that still has an issue with this thing. Throw away a comment that you dredged up that we got a little bit of backstory about in the being the elite segment where you know where uh, PH was busy eating and catering or something. That's how little they cared. It was a throwaway segment in being the elite. That's probably what gave him um his his sort of annoyance about this because it meant so little to them that they did what I said. They barely addressed it. Because, you know what? It didn't matter to Peach. It didn't matter months ago, and it doesn't matter now. At the end of the day, Punk is showing the colors that he has are not for the AEW crowd. The AEW crowd loves him. He just loves green. And he wants money. It has to all be about the money. He made that statement about the first $1 million draw off his back. Okay, cool. What about all the other people on the card? What about the last time you were on the card? You know, like, I'm sorry, punk, but Whatever, dude. Good riddance. Yeah, for sure. So there was quite a bit, like you said, to unpack with this. The fact that, again, they had mentioned earlier that it was, I think uh, the Dave Meltzer piece was like, he mentioned to somebody, he's like, uh, the all-out scrum is going to be interesting. So you potentially had a feeling and the reaction literally to the very first kind of question doesn't even matter what the question was from Nick Houseman of Wrestling Inc. That it was one of those, it could have been for all intents and purposes, hey punk, I know you had a tough match. How are you feeling right now? <laughs> it's almost like that, uh, like I that, hit Colt yeah, it was almost like that, that kind of office space or that uh, type of thing. He's like, you know, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. You're cool, but I hate you, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it definitely had that air of, I have some things I want to say and kind of kind of weasel my way in type of thing to just kind of come out and say it. So, yeah, I'm in agreement with you. I'm I'm a different kind of person. I'm a different kind of cat. Nothing against punk, you know, nothing at all. It's it's one of those where. I, I, too, am kind of I'll kind of keep quiet. I'll keep kind of calm. You know, if it's something like if. I don't want to talk about something. I'll be like, and if somebody brings it up, be like, hey, you know, uh, you know, we, me and this person, maybe we don't talk as much anymore, kind of thing. We sort of drifted apart. 
yeah, it's kind of what it is. Maybe we, we didn't see exactly, but, you know, we just, we don't talk, we don't see each other type of thing. Cool. That's maybe how I would have personally, I can't say maybe passionately in the moment or kind of, you know, jazzed up with all that adrenaline and kind of in front of all those people might maybe react, but that's how I would maybe normally, maybe if somebody prefaced that question type of thing. But yeah, it's just yeah. one of those, man, it's, he definitely, at least from the fans' perspective, or just kind of sort of an outsider who watched it later, because again, I didn't get a chance to watch this live as I was in the midst of moving, but in sort of retrospect, it, yeah, it felt like he just had some things he wanted to say. He mentioned Cult, you know, kind of bookend that, mentioned the EVPs, didn't mention the names specifically, but again, we knew what he was talking about mentioned page so it felt like he just wanted he needed to say those things and he chose that venue and that time to do it so and boy did he get some things off his chest for sure i mean everybody is uh allowed to have their opinion everybody is allowed to uh state their opinion some people have the platform to vocalize that opinion a little bit louder than others um and you know punk uh being the voice of the voiceless um really went into business for himself here and just became his own voice uh where he slandered uh the evps he slandered the people he worked with because he said he's old he's hurt and he works with children um you know, being his age, I believe he's in his uh, in his late forties now, mid to late forties. Yeah, mid to late forties. Everybody's going to be younger than you, there, punk. I thought that was your whole deal. You were going in to work with the kids, to put them over. You know, you started off, and you know, you're putting over Darby. You're talking about, you know, uh, Hobbs. You know, Sandhook. You know, that was wasn't that him. Like, you know, yes, you work with kids because this is also a young company. Now, I don't know who that was specifically directed towards, whether or not that that was, uh, again, some sort of uh, Max-related uh, drama or tension there. Um, but it was just one of those things that you see uh, Punk was um thirsty and hungry because he was drinking uh brand name soda uh and um some muffins or something you know whatever you know dude dude deserves to have some some scram after he uh after he has we match like you know no point in not uh restoring the calories but <laughs> it was pretty hard to uh Take him seriously with a mouthful of cupcake going on. I'm tired. I'm old. I'm tired. I'm gonna work with children. You're just like, you want to try that again and make me believe that you care about this question? Because I don't know. The whole thing from my point of view about what Punk said uh doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. And you know, in, in the off chance, like would never hear me say this because you know we are but tiny and my opinion is insignificant to him bruh 
you need to chill the hell out. Like, nobody cares about these problems as much as you. And if you think that these are, a, are the actual problems, the guy that you bring these grievances to was sitting directly to your left, nodding along, like Churchill, the nodding dog. If you're from the UK, you'll get that reference. But he's just nodding along. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And you just ignored him or didn't want to have that meeting with the boss. Like, you just spewed venom everywhere and expected everyone to dodge it. And then you're surprised when you incite this uh, frenzy, when people take offense to it in a highly charged adrenaline fuel environment of a, of a pay-per-view. Like, people will be partying after their matches as much as they can. You know, they've, they've still hopped up on adrenaline. Um, a lot of tensions running high. Like, yeah. Of course this is going to happen. I'm surprised it's taken this long to happen. I'm not surprised CM Punk is in the middle of it. And I'm not surprised that Kenny Omega got bit by a human being. Yeah, once again, a lot to unpack. By the way, also, phenomenal Churchill reference. I loved it. I got it. The nice. So the, the nature of, again, the time and place to share what he shared in the, in the manner in which he did, in the timing, in front of the media, sitting next to Tony. There's a lot to go in there. It's, it's one of those where he has a line towards the end of the transcription that I wrote. If you, know, if you have a problem with me, just come, come talk to me, come see me, you know, let's go. So one would think that if someone has you know, some objections or some differences or just something you know, to maybe hash out with him, Based on what he said, you know, it could be like, hey, just, you know, can uh, if we can go at we can talk like two adults, like, listen, here's here's where I'm coming from. Here's where you're coming from. We don't have to be the best of friends, but, you know, we can we can have a working relationship where it work, you know, type of thing. We can have a match. We can have a program, things like things as such. OK, so it would lead you to believe with that. And then also, I believe, you know, the EV, the EVPs and specifically Matt and Nick Jackson and Kenny have reiterated. OK, hey, like. Let's try to have communication, you know, kind of talk type of thing like that as well, especially when they mentioned it before in a on a talent meeting a couple of weeks ago and such. And that's a hard spot for Tony, because, again, at the moment, he's sitting next to Punk in front of the media. So it's not the best look to sort of kind of be like uh, uh, Punk, you need you need to stop. You need to in type of thing. Maybe that's not the sort of the venue to have that in front of the public, in front of the media, on camera type of thing. I did read that they ended up, in. we'll get to it in the aftermath, they ended up having a, a private Zoom call with Punk, A Steel, and the upper management uh, separately from the type of thing aftermath. But again, it's where I'm going with this, I kind of went roundabout, but you'd think, listen, if you have, if you have some... Some issues, I'll just say it that, just to sum up the words. 
Tony recently put in a better talent relation things, putting Tony Schiavone to help with that, uh, getting Christopher Daniels, who I believe was the, either the vice president or just in charge of talent relations. He, he got, he's now he's got some help. I think he's got Pat Buck, a couple other people. He's put things in place to be like, hey, you know, if Tony's got a lot on his plate, he can't talk to everyone at all hours of the day and type of thing. So maybe go, you know, go through the channels, through the coaches, through these other people, you know, talk to a veteran, kind of get some, get some sort of advice type of thing. Those things kind of are in place, again, to bookend this point, long-winded. He, he chose his time and place and maybe just didn't go kind of through those channels. And it looks like that, that relationship or those outlets weren't gone through. And subsequently, we, which led to an altercation after the media scrum. So it's a, it's a tough part, man. Tough, tough part to, uh, to do that in that venue. And then to, we'll get into it in, in just a few minutes about what happened after. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things, like you said, TK couldn't, was, he was stuck between a rock and a hard place. Um, definitely, for sure. Um, everybody has just been making fun of him for his lack of reaction to, to this entire thing. Um, and it has been one of those that, when you look at it, we like to see these media scrums. Like these media scrums are really good. They give us sort of um, that big fight feel, that big pay-per-view sort of feel um, for, uh, you know, the sort of MMA sort of slide way, you know, kind of in there. Um, and it's nice, but the people who are running it need to make sure that the talent is not going in all hopped up on Mountain Dew, trying to go at everybody like a spider monkey beforehand. Like, are you okay to do this? Do you want an extra five minutes to get yourself fed and watered? They are not important. You know, your health is. You take your time, and if at the end of the day you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. But for someone to come out and spit fire, venom, vitriol, just plague that place out, something was wrong with Punk. Unhappy workplace environment? Sure. He was hurting from his triceps injury? Sure. Maybe something went wrong in the match he wasn't happy with? These are all things that this guy needs to have you know, someone liaise with him before he goes in there because he is an ambassador for this company. Everyone who takes to that podium, who takes to that stage and sits there beside TK becomes instantly targetable for what they say. This is something that you, know, you would have assumed Punk knew. And to me, it reeks of unprofessionalism the unprofessionalism of 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 his statement and the actions that incited uh the dust up afterwards it was i'm disappointed in him and i'm disappointed in the others that are involved 
because, like I said before, just don't say anything at all. If you've nothing nice to say, do not say anything at all. Just dust it off, because who the hell cares? If people see that it doesn't matter to you, then they stop really... They, they stop asking you, and if they keep on asking you, go, well, you're a troll, so you never get your you never get to ask a question again because these are our media scrums. That's the way these things work. You get to dictate who asks the questions, and if somebody keeps asking a stupid question, then they never get to ask it again, do they? But like you said, it seemed like he went in through in through there with an axe to grind, as it were, a bone to pick. Um. And uh, he wanted to say these things at the very start, so someone literally should have stopped him before this happened. Um, and unfortunately, we are now in the situation where he is a two-time champ, and his reign is 30 minutes. The last thing I'll say about sort of what you mentioned, you brought up a really good point about kind of media scrums and things of that nature. If folks have been to a, let's just say, a, a Comic-Con or, or a convention, you'll have folks, there'll be also a host of like a panel where maybe folks will they'll talk for a while and maybe they'll field some questions. So there'll be, a, there'll be a host and sometimes what's referred to as a wrangler. So a person who kind of is sort of that liaison, that kind of person that maybe like helps the talent, gets them to the place, kind of is sort of that go-between, kind of gets them where they need to go. They need, like, water, things and such. So in media scrums, a lot of that time, there's maybe not always, like, a host, but there's in a wrangler is usually the sort of, not quite public relations, but sometimes, like, a media coordinator, which will be like, hey, all right, this is, you know, this is uh, CM Punk here up on stage with Tony Khan. Um you know, hey guys, uh, remember state your name, kind of go your questions. We kind of want to go about 20, 30 minutes type of thing. Sort of, they're sort of like the referee slash kind of go between type of thing. It could have been like, you know, sort of the, the in between. Now, that notwithstanding, it was on the talent or the person then. Usually the wrangler be like, hey, you know, we, we kind of have this sort of schedule type of thing we want to get you know we want to get punk up there we want to get jericho we want to get this person type of thing they're usually the person to help kind of go between again make sure sort of the timings in there all that things as such again now part of it may hopefully they have a, a relations person to help with that to coordinate again maybe having punk give them like 10 extra minutes let them kind of get get some food get some thing type of thing could have been a heat of the moment regardless, but it wasn't from the media's end because it was first question out of the gate. Whatever the question was, it doesn't even matter at this point, prompted this piece. So again, maybe it could have been handled better on sort of the back end to be like, you know what, maybe we'll have you punk, maybe we'll have you towards the end of the scrum because you had the last match. Other guys have maybe showered and got rested. Maybe we'll have Chris Jericho come out because he had a match earlier. He's probably a little bit more refreshed and kind of ready, you know, type of thing. So notwithstanding, yeah, it to your all your point and to probably my point as well, could have been handled differently. Well, the aftermath uh, kind of goes to show that it probably should have been handled differently. But hindsight is twenty twenty, and um, yeah, 
we might not be long for CM Punk being back in the wrestling world after all. You know what? Yeah, that's what we call a segue, folks. That's fantastically done. So in the aftermath of the media scrum, there was a backstage altercation which involved uh, CM Punk himself, which involved Ace Steel, Nick and Matt Jackson, Kenny Omega. There were some other parties that were there. The uh, chief legal officer, Megan, was also apparently in the vicinity, may have saw some things. There was a Pat Buck, uh, Christopher Daniels, uh, a few other folks trying to also potentially break up type of thing. Long story short, there was, again, an altercation between Punk and Ace Steel sort of in their locker room. Just, again, the loose cliff notes. And uh, the elite, Nick and Matt Jackson and Kenny, tried to just go in and kind of, I, I don't want to say confront, but just go in and follow up and talk to talk to Punk. Apparently he was kind of just not feeling it or maybe feeling kind of overwhelmed again. I won't speculate, but yeah, a bit of a fight broke out and some stuff went down for sure. So uh, there was apparently some punches thrown, which by accounts, by many accounts happened. There was a steel uh, involved with a, a chair that hit Nick Jackson. Apparently Kenny got bit. So there was a lot which happened. So I read a piece here, sort of the kind of most recent update on the backstage altercation. CM Punk believed he was on the back foot after his explosive comments following AEW All Out 2022, according to a report from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. After the pay-per-view event where Punk became AEW world champion, the Chicago-made wrestler had explosive comments for Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, Cole Cabana, and Hangman Adam Page. According to a report from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, it, it's reported that all sides involved in the post-all-out 2022 fight agree that Punk threw the first punch. CM Punk's motivation was reported to be that he had believed a fight was going to happen and punches would be thrown, so he beat the elite to the inevitable first punch. It was believed by CM Punk and Ace Steel that Matt Jackson was going to throw the first punch, and it's noted that Punk's sucker punched the former World Tag Team champion. The report also reiterates the claim that Ace Steel was concerned about protecting his wife, who was in the room and had a broken foot. After using a chair as a weapon, which hit Nick Jackson in the eye, Ace Steel was reportedly questioned by a producer as to why he escalated the fight with a weapon, given his wife's condition. The Elite has been suspended and will remain so until the ongoing investigation is concluded. CM Punk and Ace Steel have also been removed from AEW television with speculation that they could be fired. I have... Okay. I have very little to say about this because I do not want to address uh, the childlike behavior and say that, you know, who was in the right, who was in the wrong, because that's not for me to decide. Now, a couple of things in there that, you know, Punk was on the back foot, 
nah, mate, you incited this. You're not on the back foot. You can't put yourself in a position of vulnerability just because you think that's where you are. Now, they burst into your locker room. That's for someone else to decide. If it's your belief that you were threatened, that is for someone else to decide. But your insightful comments led to this situation. To Ace Steele, who has been on TV approximately twice and will never be on TV ever again. Um, congratulations on the world record for speedrunning TV uh, debut to getting fired. Um, I don't know in any situation that he would have been in what his actions, you know, people do crazy things when their partners are involved. Uh, less said about it. Towards the uh, the elite um, in general, they had a right to be annoyed should they have gone bursting into this locker room. Probably not. They are EVPs, after all. All in all, my comments about Punk's actions in the interview, had he um, had he tempered his words more carefully, this situation would not have risen to the point that it did. I want to have concrete evidence as to who did what, why this happened, uh, before I can say anything, um, because otherwise you're just all a bunch of children and they have disappointed me because we had a couple of really good matches. Um, the champions the, the trios champions were just freshly minted uh everybody was loving the fact that Kenny Omega was back um the bucks were in a position of title holders again ready to put over whoever whoever it may be and punk was on his way to starting the fall of punk you know fall being the season not the autumn you know whatever you want to um so all in all stupid i am in agreement with you it's not about i'm choosing one side or another it's one of those where it's just like it was a it was a long pay-per-view all out but had some fun matches had some good moments you know again you mentioned the the finale of the tournament for the trios championship literally just won the title had had punk win in his hometown literally just won the title Sparked by the, again, comments made in the media scrum. Had this altercation. Again, it's not for me to say, you know, this person's in the right, this person's the wrong, somewhere in the middle. Again, I think a lot of adrenaline was going. A lot of emotions were going, clearly. Some reactions to things that were said. The thing, the things escalated, and if things escalated, 
for sure. Could they? Could either side have handled things differently? Hundred percent. Like you said, hindsight's twenty twenty, and you, you know we could said all these coulda, woulda, shouldas. That notwithstanding, we vacated because of this. Again, we haven't. Well, we haven't. The altercation. Folks were suspended. Folks are off TV. We vacated the World Heavyweight Championship. We vacated the trios titles. We just got Kenny back. He's been back maybe three weeks worth of television. He's off now suspended along with Matt and Nick for an indeterminate amount of time until this investigation gets sorted. So we miss out on having Kenny for a bit. Miss out on having the Bucks. Uh, Punk is away again with a triceps injury, so his he's away. I'm sure he'll his situation will be will be figured out. A steal again is I believe the term was suspended just suspended pending the investigation. We'll see how that flushes out. But yeah, again, it's just it's a rough way. However way you look at it, however you're gonna cut the cut the bread, slice it. You know, it's it's a tough one, man. And hence is the reason why now that we've given context we had this tournament to crown now not an interim AEW World Heavyweight Champion but to now crown the vacant World Heavyweight Championship so this was the setup to now that we have going forward so yeah Tony Khan the Sugar Man Money Tony uh, Tony Money here set up a tournament now to round the new champion. Of course, he set up a tournament. It's all he ever does. You know, well, we just we just had a tournament for the trios, which ended up being resolved on the subsequent Dynamite with just one match, which Death Triangle won. So congratulations to them for sure. Pop, but yeah, first ever AEW double champion, which is fantastic. And well deserved. Again, he was at oh, yeah. he was at the press conference when they started in Jacksonville. He was one of the one of the guys there. So kudos. And like we said, we we both like Pac's work. So great that he got he got some recognition and some titles. But we ended up having a tournament that featured six guys. So we ended up having Chris Jericho got a bye to the second round, as well as John Moxley got a bye to the second round. But the first round we had. Brian Danielson uh, facing off against Hangman Adam Page, who would then, winner would face Jericho. And we had a match between Darby Allin and Sammy Guevara, which would then face John Moxley. So, again, a lot to go forward, but I know you're a fan of it not being interim, of it actually being for the World Championship. So, Joker, yeah. Yeah. I, I am a huge fan of the fact that he vacated the, the title and didn't just go, this is interim. I have a real problem with why we're here, but looking at the uh, outcome of All Out, uh, I have even more of a problem with what could have been. Sure. So let me just throw a hypothetical really quickly before I get into my point. Punk does not make the insightful comments. No backstage brouhaha is gone. Punk still has a torn triceps. Uh, is still out for however many months. 
I believe eight. I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, in and you know, in and around there, it was uh, reported. Um, so TK, the sugar man, uh, vacated nothing before. He he gave us the interim title and put it on John Moxley after a tournament. Um, so I would have had the real problem that we would have done this all over again. CM Punk beats Hangman Adam Page, breaks his foot, you know, comes comes back a few months later and loses to the interim champion only to win in his hometown. I reckon that they would have probably given Punk the hometown pop after this triceps injury as well, in which he probably would have won the title back, you know, interim this, interim that. So Joker here is super happy that we are uh, we are removing this interim from the AW title, um, at least this title anyway, uh, and we're running a tournament to um, to discern who's going to be the champ. And I like the competitors. I think that the competitors here have all proven that they uh, were easily going to be worthy of these of these shots. Um, one of the sides of the bracket is probably more heavily weighted than the other because you could kind of tell who was going to win in the you know on one side of the bracket whereas the other side you were like i'm just interested in this match um so yeah the uh danielson page match kind of predictable who was going to win not going to lie uh and the guevara uh allen match was going to be a good match was on rampage it doesn't matter who wins there because whoever wins loses to John Moxley. Like it's it's simple as like I don't think anybody could say that Guevara or Allen would win over Moxley at this point and go to the finals because if they did, I'm just a cynic here. But neither of them would have beaten Jericho or Danielson. Neither of them. Uh, I'm a big uh, fan of adding doubt into matches. Uh, where you can have all of these matches be for whatever you want, but if there is no slim piece of doubt, then there's no intrigue for me. So for the Chris Jericho-Danielson match, there was doubt. You know, both sides could win. Both sides have reason to. The Daniel Garcia uh, custody battle raged on who would take custody of this young man, who would be his mentor uh, going forward. Uh, whereas John Moxley is John Moxley, and he was going to steamroll whoever uh, came in his path out of the two pillars of AEW. Um, that's just the way I saw it, because, let's face it, there was only going to be three individuals you were interested in this tournament, and it's Jericho, Danielson, and Moxley. I do give it credit. I like the fact that the spread, the, the combatants were that were in there. I do like having Mox in there because he showed, especially this year, that he helped, especially with the interim and, and the uncertain nature with Punk being away. He held it down. He was showing up. He was fighting damn near every week. Having Chris is always a stalwart. He can have a good match. I think that was, you know, that was good. Good to have him in there. The Punk, excuse me, the Danielson and Hangman pat match was was 
really, really fun and and really, really awesome. So I really, really enjoyed that. The Sammy and Darby match was just 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 a fun match. Again, we kind of knew they were eventually whoever was going to win was going to lose to Moxley. We kind of figured that, but still one heck of a match. But the showcase of Danielson beating Hangman, and then we set up the the sort of rematch of Danielson and Jericho, which again happened on this past week's episode of Dynamite. Just just a fun match. I think it went the guts of like 20, 20 plus minutes or so. Mm-hmm. And then now we saw, now we can get to the ultimate topic of which we were going for this week. We saw Danielson prevail, and now we have, ooh, what a matchup. We have the rematch, Moxley, Danielson 2, and man, his lordship, William Regal. Either way you slice it, having another world champion in the ranks of the Blackpool Combat Club. So, man, that's just going to be just another, another ripper of a match for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, this this is going to be one of those things that the first match was great. The second match is going to be better. Uh, like you said, you know, Moxley being in this tournament has been uh, a huge credit to AEW um, because this man has been given the ball. He didn't want the ball. He wasn't expecting the ball. But the ball was given to him, and he has ran with it, and he has done great things with it, and he has, you know, he has scored some amazing points with fans uh, all over the all over the country, all over the world. Um, he has shown since his comeback, um, you know, fighting his personal demons, that he. Not that he couldn't be trusted, but that he can be trusted to essentially carry any load. Like he he can carry any load. Whereas maybe there was a couple of guys you'd be like, oh yeah, no, he'd be really good. But there's always John Moxie. Like he can have he can have your brutal visceral matches with the big guys, and he can you know he can make the the smaller guys shine. Bring in some, bring in some people from the independents, and he can have really good matches with them too. You know, he he works, he works, he works. Sure, we we make a bit of fun of him for for gigging uh, here and there, but uh, I feel like that's maybe he's maybe he's taking that on the chin. I haven't seen him walk to the ring and start bleeding recently, so maybe he's okay. Um. And after all out, he was supposed to have like a six week vacation. So the fact that this man has, you know, such an understanding uh, wife in Renee Paquette that uh, she's like, no, I understand. I'm not happy about it. I'm, you know, I'm putting words in her mouth. She's probably not happy about the fact that, you know, she doesn't have her husband back quite yet. But whenever he uh, gets through this uh, championship to the other side, he will have is six weeks of rest, relaxation, and dealing with his wife and child. You basically, you were in my brain, you mystical being you. I was just about to retort with, man, what a year John has had. You know, again, early in the year, it took away some time to, to kind of work on himself and, and 
do that, comes back, is having some matches, gets put in this interim title situation, has a has a just a, a fun, decent match with uh, Tanahashi, holding it down, you know, again, is on TV pretty much every week. He's fighting veterans, he's fighting young guys, you know, he's just all around, you know, Kanosuke, he had that match with them, which was fun. Again, he just had the match with Sammy very recently, again, to now move up. Type of thing. Ended up losing the, the, the title, again, to punk it all out. Workhorse, dependable, puts him back in that situation. Now it's it's him, and and, and this is not a knock on Brian, uh, Daniel, excuse me, Brian Danielson. Absolute guy has been having solid matches this whole year as well. But you can have these two sort of workhorses, kind of dependable guys that you know what, like, regardless, you, I think folks are going to be okay with either guy winning, you know, type of thing, which is not a bad thing. You know, however this flushes out, so, yeah, potential AEW kind of workhorse sort of MVP. He's been a stalwart, John, and just, again, kudos to him, just being thrown into all these kinds of situations and just rolling with it. And, and definitely, like you said, and he mentioned in a promo, he got the ball. He may not have wanted the ball at that specific time, but you know what? He got the ball and he ran with it. And he's just, he's scoring touchdowns. You know, he's scoring points, whatever sports analogy you want, but he's, he's holding it down and he's talk about investment for, for AEW. Uh, again, you don't you don't hear murmurings with John, you know, kind of backstage, you know, whispering about, you know, you don't hear talk about him. He's just like, yeah, guy comes in, puts in work, works with veterans, works with young kids. Again, you, you don't hear about him being complicated or kind of things like that. He just wants to come and wrestle and put in that work. And he's been rewarded with all these opportunities type of thing. So, yeah, kudos to him. And and. And Brian, again, another just amazing, amazing competitor. He's been having great matches. So leading in, now that this is the final of the Tournament of Champions, it's going to be another amazing matchup. Yeah, it's... it's Both of these guys, to, to my earlier point, both of these guys seem like the kind of guy that will just tell you to shut the hell up. If they don't want to talk about it, they don't want to talk about it, and that's why I feel like they both have that sort of no-nonsense about them. Um, they don't invite um, any issues. Um, they don't suffer fools easily, at least from the small interactions that you see with them, because they are very private guys, pretty much. Um, and their first match was brutal. Uh, I loved the fact that whenever Danielson came came in, he had that heel run, and the whole story of them getting together was Moxie was like, I don't team with anybody unless I've bled with them. You know? Okay, cool. And then at the very end, we have Lord William Regal making his AEW debut on the formation of the Blackpool Country Club. Sorry, Combat Club. Um, 
you know, uh, it's, uh, it's just one of those things that last night we had a, uh, a promo from, uh, from Claudio Castagnoli, uh, and he was stating about, you know, there will be the, the AW champion will be in, uh, will be in the Blackpool Combat Club, and I and I, I kind of added on in my own mind again, because let's face it, Moxley was the AEW champ before, um, and it's just one of those things. Iron sharpens iron. Like they always like to use that. You know, they're they're always combative. They're always, um, they're always these guys who are up for a fight and will wrestle and and. and they're they're so good at this, um, and it's just we can have an expectation in our mind for this match. I believe, I believe we can have a certain expectation, and I still think that they will exceed that expectation. This is just going to be a TV match at Grand Slam. This is going to be a good TV match. I can't say anything more than that, and it's going to be a phenomenal TV match. I mean, the fact that we're giving away this for free, and this is not in addition to this match, which is going to be phenomenal, like you said. They're loading up this card. You know, there's a lot of other matches. Again, I don't, I don't, I won't get into the Excalibur long-winded, you know, listing of matches, but. They're loading up this, and I believe the Rampage is going to be a two-hour special as well, which they're loading up on as well. So I like the fact that they do these kind of big, big episodes, kind of almost. I, I'm okay with having less pay-per-views, you know, the four or five that they might have throughout the year, and have kind of almost like a tune to the old WCW Clash of the Champions, where it's like a big special, or it's a special episode, and they kind of load up on that in between. But yeah, notwithstanding... It's going to be another awesome match that I'm looking forward to. So, with that, we'll do a little mini predictions. Who do you see taking this one? So, like I said earlier, I'm a big fan of doubt. If there is doubt added into this match, uh, there is intrigue. You're able to go, oh, I really like this guy. I really like this guy. I really like this guy because of this. I really like this guy because of this. Um. And outward circumstances are what add in that doubt. Like, that guy cannot win this title because. That guy won't win this title because. It's, I'll give you a perfectly good example. Logan Paul is challenging Roman Reigns for the UU titles. Logan Paul will never win because there is no doubt in that match that Roman will retain. He's just a bigger star for the WWE than Logan Paul. That is the level of doubt that you have to have. You have to believe that this is going to happen. So where am I going with this? John Moxley needs to have his holiday. Now, you might not think that that's like a huge deal. Like, oh yeah, this man can just take the break. He has been running AEW off his back the entire summer. He deserves a break, and he should get that break. And because of that, instead of making him an, uh, 
three-time, three-time AEW title holder, they should give Danielson the first title, the the first title. Um, yeah, his first title reign. There we go. I could almost get the words out. Uh, his first title reign in AEW. But have a you know have a have a return match down the line because this is Moxley Danielson two. We need a Moxley Danielson three at some point. So you're going that with might, that might be good. No worries. So you're going with Brian Danielson to win. I am indeed. I am going to tend to agree with you. I feel like ultimately Brian's going to win this match. I think all things considered, you mentioned, again, John just being a workhorse, potential wrestler of the year for AEW right there. Definitely in the contendership. Definitely, you know, top three, if anything. But yeah, he's in for there. Holding it down. Again, we talked about him getting the ball and running with it and scoring. So definitely a dependable workhorse. Brian's been showing that he can just, again, have, have good matches with it as well so i feel like the notion of brian getting the first run with the belt in an intense matchup which would then allow john a little bit of a rest you know as appreciation and this is not to be like not to say that we don't want to give you the title for a third time but you know we we appreciate you we want to have brian get his time to sort of shine and kind of see what he can do with this company and with this in that spotlight in that spot so to speak but then we can also give john give you the rest and appreciation for what you've done for us for this for this you know portion of the year so 100%. i feel so i feel like i'm gonna also lean towards brian getting his first reign as AEW champion so we are both in agreement yeah it's definitely not a knock on moxley like i i don't feel like if if Moxley was to win, I would I would be overjoyed as well. I would be surprised. Um and I would want him to I would want him to have a little bit of a lighter schedule uh after his win, just because, you know, he deserves that time because you know he did all this work for AEW he like he deserves some flowers here he like he, he deserves the recognition people need to see that um you know you don't need to have John Moxley there there are other people uh who're capable of of doing that and i think a really really good uh thing is that we have Brian Danielson here um you know there's there's already um ready made sort of history with chris jericho we could have uh chris jericho challenge him for the uh for the aw title even though he's challenging claudio castagnoli for the ring of honor world title um you know he could challenge for the aw title afterwards you know he loves to to mess with brian um there's so many little things like we could have him just showcasing it against other talent that come through in absolute bangers if it wasn't for the suspension i would love to see a um a danielson omega match again like come on 
how good would that be? Uh, there's just so many other cool stuff that we can see with Danielson, and I feel like uh, it would be a good change of pace to have a technical wrestler uh, champion as opposed to our brawling champion that we had at Moxley. I think you hit the nail on the head there. We have fresh matchups. The last thing that you want to do is have your product or your champion or your sort of title contention or your title picture be stale. That's not a knock on another company, but again, you want you want it to feel invigorated and you want it to feel fresh. You want it to feel good. And I think with the potential of Danielson having the title, you get a little bit different feel, different sets of opponents, different fighting for, for the stakes now that are elevated, and I think it's going to be good overall. So I do like I do like the notion of having Danielson as champion, for sure. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what way they go with it as well, uh, whether or not he, uh, he uh, remains part of the, the BCC or what happens with uh, Master, um, Master Garcia as well. So... I'm really looking forward to this match. It's going to be a great match. The outcome, come what may, is going to be great. Uh, and, uh, yeah, the less said about the lead-up to this match, the better. So those were our thoughts on the all-out fallout of what happened, which eventually led us to the tournament, which now we have John and Brian in the finals. To fight for the vacant, not interim, AW World Championship at Grand Slam. So let us know what your thoughts on this entire situation. And if you're looking forward to this matchup coming in at Grand Slam, down in the comments below or on Twitter and Instagram. All right, coming up to quick hits. So once again, for some of the newer listeners, Quick hits are little segments that happen throughout the week that we really enjoyed or that sort of pop the boy segments that got us to smile, that got us to really enjoy these little pieces that we may not have got an opportunity to cover full-fledged in the show proper. So I'll go ahead and start us off this week. I actually have two from this week. The first one here comes from AEW Dynamite's backstage segment with Alex Marvez. And he's talking about the upcoming Hook and Action Bronson teaming up at the Grand Slam event this coming week uh, in the Big Apple in New York City. And of course, New York is known for its pizza as he introduces pro wrestling's premier pizza maker, Luigi Primo. So we see Luigi come into frame, twirling his dough, and just being amazing. But unfortunately, he gets Pearl Harbored from the front with a big boot from Ethan Page, who goes on to subsequently challenge Danhausen in the same said promo. So I was filled with emotion. I had this great swell of emotion. Yay, it's Luigi! Let's go! Ah! So I rode that huge tidal wave of emotion. I was like, man, this is awesome. Luigi's getting a little spot. Oh, no. Oh. He instantly, literally gets big booted out of frame and type of thing. So I was, I had a huge pop and then I was instantly disappointed and let down. 
with uh yeah with Ethan's i, I like a, a, a lot of people in the world these past two weeks were uh introduced to luigi primo obviously with the, his segment on the indies where he's doing all this fun stuff with the uh with the dough um he is amazing his character is great uh it is obviously one of the more unique gimmicks that is currently around right now what with the fact that he wrestles with the dough in the match like he continues to do stuff with this prop uh as he goes along uh but he just to see him, I was like the CMPT. I was legitimately like, oh, it's like speaking of you know uh, New York, they're famous for their pizzas. Like it's not gonna be Luigi Primo. It's Luigi Primo, and boom! And I was like, oh, that's kind of faster than I expected, but okay. <laughs> yeah, it was again that wave of emotion, huge pop, and then the instant disappointment. But still, I mean, it was cool. Again, he was. They had a video shared of him on famously on Twitter in the past couple weeks, and everyone's just like, "Man, this is awesome!" And the the best part about wrestling, right? You want to stand out, you want to have maybe something that sets you apart. And him, just random video of, of a wrestler tossing dough in the ring in the apron, kind of like, "This is different. This is interesting. Okay, this is kind of cool." And then just to see him cool little cameo on a big stage on television so that was awesome for him so that was really really cool that was the definite big thing for me was the fact that he got it on uh tbs television you know on the dynamite that he got kicked in the face like sure yeah okay he got kicked in the face but come on the guy you know got a little bit of the rub on the tv um and put his uh put his name out there from even more people who are like Oh well, I've no idea who this is. Let me go and quick Google search and see what he does. So yeah, really cool. Yeah, so glad to see that he got like you said a little bit of that rub ski brother and yeah, just type of thing and got a little bit of a payday and got on TV. So awesome for Luigi. Yeah. And my second quick hit also comes from AW Dynamite and Rampage, and this is actually referencing a sign in the crowd. That you can see during Powerhouse Hobbs post-match promo that you got to see during Brian and Chris's match at the end of Dynamite, but then also in the last match of Rampage itself, was featured on the hard cam side. Sign that says Johnny fears the overdrive, and of course this is referencing lovingly referencing to fellow good brother John Blood of New Legacy Inc. Of course, ingest people, tease Johnny about the overdrive, claiming it's his favorite move, and it's been famously teased to him. Numerous wrestlers have are aware for his affinity for the overdrive, including the now Massey and Mansois. Big Damo is aware of it. Keith Lee is aware of it. Adam MVP Cole used it like not too long ago. Yeah. The uh, Adam Cole is aware of it. Austin Creed is famously aware of the Tegan Knox. The list goes on and on, but it's funny how a lot of actually wrestlers are aware that the kind of ongoing joke or teasing John Blood about the overdrive. But notwithstanding, I will say in this instance, Johnny does not, in fact, fear the overdrive. Love you, brother. Thank you for all the amazing content. We got your back. 
though. Johnny does not fear the overdrive. We need more overdrives in this world. The difficult move to pull off. Some of you are lit are here right now figuring what in the world is the overdrive? It's the one of the it's the move you put your leg over the opponent's head and you kind of spin them out. Randy Orton used it early on in his career. MVP uses it. It's called the Playmaker, the play of the day. Just Google Overdrive and you'll see exactly what it is. And it's an interesting move to say the least, but like I said, Johnny, we got your back, brother. You do not fear, in fact, fear the overdrive. Oh, dear. So, that's what I got, so. Those were, in fact, my quick hits from this week. Uh, Joker, do you have anything? Do you have any quick hits or I pop the boy segments? Unfortunately, this week, PT, you know, I was, I was uh, not moved to tears of, of joy by an awful lot. Um, I did enjoy a couple of segments, but, you know, they're, they're, I wouldn't exactly say that they're, they're quick hits or anything, but you're just nice to see the Imperium is back together. Absolutely love seeing that. And uh, more more notably, honestly, this week has just been an absolute stellar week for Chad Gable, who has just been putting on show after show. Uh, his his mic skills are amazing. His in-ring abilities are just amazing. And I think I said this to you uh, yesterday in our pre-production meeting. It's like, if he could get a push, please, I would be super happy. Just let's push him to the moon. How can you not want to push him whenever he gets shush, please? So incredibly over. I am in agreement because we again we we the topic or the notion of Chad Gable just being man, he's been a workhorse. He's been man a little bit of an MVP these last like three four weeks. He's been on Raw and SmackDown in tag matches and single matches, facing off guys Johnny Gargano. You know, other other folks, again, it's just escaping my mind, but he's, man, he's been on the mic, he's been in different segments, backstage, in the ring, dude's holding it down. And yeah. I will absolutely highlight, it's nice to see, you know, he may not always come out on the winning end, he may not always get every victory, but they are relying on him. He's You don't get featured on TV constantly if you're not in good favor, if you can't work in the match, if you can't be on the mic. So dude is just putting in that work. And again, there's a lot of folks hungry for spots on TV, but Chad's just killing it right now. So kudos to him for sure. Push, push, please. Yes. Uh, referencing, of course, a fellow good brother, Andy Murray. We definitely want to see Chad get a push for sure. All right. Well, not always, uh, we won't always have specific quick hits every week, but those were just some of the things that we enjoyed that we wanted to mention here on the show proper. But if you have some quick hits, definitely let us know down in the comments down below on YouTube or hit us up on Twitter or Instagram. Let us know what you enjoyed this week in the world of professional wrestling. All right, so that's going to do it for us this week. It wraps it up. Joker, how was it for you, man? It was, it's been a little bit since we've talked, especially on camera, but hot dang, is it good to, to just shoot the breeze with you and man, just, yeah, get back yeah, a little bit to the it, flow of things. It's good to have someone to talk wrestling with, not going to lie, because, you know, this last week and a little bit has just been, you know, 
nuts. There has been all sorts of calamitous intent going on. Uh, some returns, some squashes, some interactions that have been interesting. Uh, and it's just good to have you back. And it's good to see that you got there safe and sound. And uh, yeah, that we're we're back to our regularly scheduled programming. And it's nice to see we can still talk for an excessively long amount of time about one thing. If there's one thing that apparently you and I can do, uh, circle back to any and all of our predictions episodes, is we can talk. <laughs> we can talk at length about yeah about the wrestling. So. Again, it's always nice to, it's always a pleasure to, to chat with you again. Uh, it's always fun, especially since we both enjoy wrestling, hence the nature of the show. And yeah, man, just, it's like I said, it's always a blast talking to you, brother, as always. Yeah, same, dude, same. It's great to have you back. I appreciate that. And yeah, now that I'm moved, I'm in my new situation. Uh, we'll, I'll be figuring out, again, this is the first recording, so... I'll do my best to hopefully have it the same kind of quality we have for normal episodes and continue with some of those uh, shorts for the quick hits and get back to a bit of our regularly scheduled program uh, for the folks listening and watching. Thank you so much. And yeah, we'll see how the world of professional wrestling pans out. So, for TF Joker. Thank you very much for being here this evening. And remember... Do not bite people, and do not throw chairs at people. Excellent words of advice, and for me, Pretty Tony, we thank you for your time, and we thank you for letting us be a part of your day, and remember, be good to yourself, be good to each other, and we will catch you next time. Peace.